G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Let's welcome our first two guests, Bill Muhlenberg and Peter Abetz. Uh, To you, Bill Muhlenberg, a special welcome back to 2020. Great to be back. And to Peter Abetz, the WA State Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. Peter, welcome along. Good to be with you, Neil, and good morning, listeners. Peter, let me start with you here, because one of the fears that a lot of people in WA appear to be reflecting is that if the McGowan government is returned with a majority in the lower house and also in the upper house, the danger of a total control in WA uh, if both houses are in the hands of Labor. Is this the sort of thing you've been hearing as you've been talking to constituents on every side? Yes, look, that is certainly a concern uh, from those that are on the conservative side of politics. But I think one of the things that people actually overlook in this whole discussion is the fact that our Westminster system of government depends on an effective opposition. Um, And even at the current makeup of the parliament, uh, 13 liberals and uh, a handful of nationals, it's simply not enough. uh, It's not a big enough workforce to actually... Um, monitor all the legislation, all of the government's activities. And so basically what's happened in the last four years is that the Labor government has actually got away with a lot of things which uh, if there had been uh, more uh, people in the opposition, um, they wouldn't have been able to get away with this easily. And my fear is that if the if there's only, uh, as they're predicting, only three Liberals in the lower house and perhaps uh, four uh, Nationals in the lower house, um, that would effectively, uh, this, it, it would make the whole system dysfunctional uh, because the opposition can't operate with such a small workforce. So that's the one aspect. And then the upper house, of course, um, if the Labor and Greens were to control the upper house, then... Uh, there would be no check or balance or careful review of some of the, um, that's called social engineering uh, legislation that uh, Greens and the left wing of the Labor Party uh, will almost certainly put pressure on McGowan to let them introduce into Parliament things like you know, in the uh, some of the other uh, states, um, uh, abortion to birth, for example, which is you know, on Emily's list uh uh, of, um, of things that they would want to see, um, the whole thing of uh, so-called gay conversion uh, therapy uh, ban uh, and the, how to define that, as we saw from the Victorian legislation. Uh, so there's, there's a whole lot of issues there that uh, people really need to think carefully how they vote because just because McGowan's done, supposedly done well with, the, uh, with dealing with COVID, it's what amazes me is just how short people's memories are, because it was actually the Liberal leader Lisa Harvey uh, who called for 
the borders to be closed and she was abused by McGowan and the health minister and the treasurer uh, for being uh, being a scaremonger and uh, destroying the the, um, uh, the economy, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and then sometime later, McGowan actually did close the border, and now he gets all the credit for having closed the border, uh, and of course, closing the border place to West Australian parochialism that uh, you know we don't trust people in the east. Um, you know, there's a there's a funny little joke about you know, people saying Perth, why wasn't Jesus born in Perth? Because they couldn't find three wise men in the East uh, kind of uh, sure. mentality. Um, so, you know, that, that's part of the picture that, uh, that really concerns me is the inability of the democratic system to function well uh, if there is such a small opposition in the lower house. And then basically, if they get control of the upper house, they can rubber stamp everything going through. Bill Muhlenberg, when we talk total control, uh, the upper house and the lower house in the hands of one party, and oftentimes people will say, as long as that, as long as that suits my political bent, uh, I'm fine with that. And then uh, the worries come from if you're on the other side. Uh, this idea of total control, uh, when you've got a righteous government, everyone would say that's wonderful. If you've got a government that is likely to be swayed in all sorts of directions that might create even anti-Christian and uh, policy and laws, uh, that does create a concern. What are your thoughts uh, for what happens uh, when there is total control and when there are policies that are outside of what we think of as a Christian context? Yeah, well, quite right. Uh, as it said, if you don't learn from history, you'll repeat its mistakes. And we can also say related to that, if you don't learn from other states, right, you're also going to get into big trouble. And sadly, uh, we can give you plenty of lessons from here in Victoria. We know all about what it's like to have effectively labor domination throughout and for quite a while now. A lot of terrible uh, anti-Christian, anti-family faith and life policies, all because of this stranglehold of power. Um, look, we got the same problem. Uh, Labor government voted in a second time, bigger majority, lower house. Even if they don't have all the numbers in the upper house, it doesn't really matter because if you have the so-called independents, the, the crossbenchers, smaller parties, if they end up doing grubby deals with the government, uh, which is exactly what's been happening here in Victoria, well, guess what? You've got effectively, you know, you might as well have more labor anyways, because we've had Dan Andrews doing little backroom deals with most of these crossbenchers, making them promises for whatever they might want in return for supporting the government in what it wants. So we've seen this especially played out in the past year. Uh, you know, Dan Andrews is a control freak. He loves his power, as it seems most labor premiers do. I mean, they're little mini dictators trying to outdo each other, whether in Queensland, WA, Victoria, South Australia. And they like hanging on to that power. So here in Victoria, Dan Andrews managed, with the help of those so-called independent crossbenchers, to extend his state of emergency all the way through the end of the year. Imagine that. You know, we haven't had COVID cases for yonks now, and yet Dan Andrews is saying for the rest of the year, another nine, ten months, we will be under a state of emergency, which means he can, at the drop of a hat, snap his fingers, put us back in draconian lockdown again anytime he wants, 
could be a handful of cases in the CBD. He'll shut down the whole state, destroy the economy further, more jobs being lost, the, the huge rise, the spike in mental health problems, suicide. I mean, we've seen it all with really draconian lockdown measures, and that's just one of a number of uh, issues. The conversion bill we can speak to in a moment, that's another case in point where the crossbenchers effectively acted as Labor Party hacks. And, uh, well, as Peter said, when you have really no uh, uh, counter checks to what the government is doing by having this kind of power with numbers in both houses, well, it, 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 you know, democracy and freedom really tend to take a bit of a blow. Well, those counter-checks, those checks and balances that happen in a parliament, Peter Abetz, you've been a part of the WA system for a long, long time too. Uh, you've got the insider's view and the outsider's view, the Christian view, looking on and seeing what is happening. Uh, let's stay with this lockdown idea, as Bill talks about, uh, things that we've been able to observe around the nation. Uh, the idea that Premier McGowan has had border closures, very strong border closures, locking everybody else in Australia out and using that to political advantage. What are your thoughts for how voters respond to that style of leadership? Look, I think they've done and the media have done a terrific job at generating fear about uh, COVID, and COVID certainly is, uh, is uh, not to be taken lightly. I'm not suggesting that it should be, but um, I think it's been yeah, blown out of proportion uh, to the point where so many people are so fearful of it that locking this, the border seemed like a good idea. And, of course, if you, are, um, if you don't depend on tourism, if you don't depend on a small business to generate your income, uh, everything was fine. Like if you're a public servant, if you're a retiree, hey, nothing's changed. Um, but the people who, and in Western Australia, so many people work in the mining sector, which is unaffected uh, pretty much by the lockdowns, uh, that uh, it, most people's income continues to uh, go as normal. But the difficulty is for small businesses, they are just, you know, so many people have lost everything, uh, bankruptcy, etc. They're facing that reality um, because of the of the closed border situation and the lockdowns, etc. And like I often say to people, so, oh, no, Mark McGowan's done a great job. And when we had a lockdown again just uh, a little while back, uh, they said, oh, no, that was, that was a good thing. I said, do you think it would be a good thing if, Every time there's a lockdown, the government took, say, $3,000 out of your bank account. I said, what do you mean? Well, I said, the reality is that for a lot of people, it's not just two or 3000 it's a couple of hundred thousand dollars that effectively gets taken out of their bank account. Oh, oh I never thought of that. And that, that, I think the, um, the capacity to think through the consequences of, of uh, things uh, is, is very frustrating for me watching that so many people just do not think through the consequences of some of those things, which on the surface look uh, very good. Um, yeah, when we had some um, uh, um, that uh, security guard who had uh, the uh, more contagious version of it and zero community spread, you know, why the rest of the state had to be locked down just doesn't make sense to me. And, you know, it costs a lot of people a lot of um, 
uh, money and uh, yeah, just the whole whole stress situation that goes with that. But the reality is that uh, on the whole, West Australians uh, think it's wonderful. And you know, Mark McGowan, according to the, this morning's uh, uh, West Australian, um, 79% of people uh, view Mark McGowan very positively, only 12% negatively, 9% are uncommitted. Uh, so you know, when you've got a leader who has 80% uh, support virtually um, it makes it very difficult for the grassroots of the other side of the politic, political spectrum to get much traction a uh, huge leadership and uh, when the polls come down with those sorts of numbers uh, it means that the premier is incredibly popular and that's why everyone's mm. predicting that he's going to be swept into uh, another four years and uh, both houses of parliament let's just stay on this national big picture issue for a moment here uh, bill muhlenberg uh, you can see from a distance and as you say you're in victoria an outsider's view of what you see in wa are people in WA who see the Premier as doing wonderful things uh, in protecting the state and bringing that safety, and yes, COVID has been a big issue, this idea of being quick to exchange our freedoms for the idea Mm -hmm. of safety. I wonder whether you've got a thought here that might speak into the WA context. Well, yes, as you can imagine, I sure do. I mean, we've been talking about this, Neil, haven't we, for the whole past 12 months, the uh, erosion of freedoms, the uh, squashing of basic human rights, all in the name of really power-hungry political leaders who are pushing fear, as Peter said. It's panic porn. People are living in so much fear and paranoia uh, over something that still has taken a relatively, you know, every life lost is a tragedy, but the numbers are very low, and the main numbers. Of course, we're here in Victoria due to uh, the complete bundling of our labor uh, premier. So over 800 deaths directly attributed to his complete inability to do basics on hotel quarantine. So yeah, it's been a huge issue. We've been talking about it all year. And as you say, it, it, well, it's scary because it's one thing to have a, almost a dictator kind of uh, leader, uh, somebody who just loves the power and control. But for me, the really scary thing has been that the masses have tended to think, oh, this is just fine, right? We've got high popularity polling for our own premier, well, same in Queensland. In fact, she was reelected as well. So, you know, that's the scary bit when you've got the masses so fed on panic, paranoia and fear. Uh, we've discussed how, again, history, learn from history. Governments have used a crisis. Governments have used an emergency, really ramped up the fear. And guess what? The masses will go along like sheep and do whatever they say, including being willing to see their basic human rights and freedoms stand on and uh, well look one of your guests that you often have does live in Perth Augusto Zimmerman the law professor he wrote a whole book on this recently on COVID and the really uh, squashing of human rights I happen to have a chapter in that book as well but uh, you know this is the kind of thing that concerns so many of us uh, a, a crisis like this can be really ramped up. Governments can use it for their own purposes to get more power. And, uh, well, come on, if we don't learn from history, we can see how 
freedom and democracy can indeed come to an end if we're not very careful and we don't make sure there are some sort of checks and balances in place. In Perth for Vision National News. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Our special edition preview to tomorrow's Western Australian state election. Our two guests at this time, Peter Abetz, who is the Western Australian State Director for the Australian Christian Lobby and Christian cultural commentator Bill Muhlenberg. Uh, Peter, let me come to you. You wrote to uh, politicians on all sides uh, asking them their thoughts on some very particular policy issues. Uh, you sent that letter out. I wonder if you can give us, in a nutshell, what you asked them in the letter and then what sort of responses you received. Well, I think one of the things that I first would make the comment is that um, the arrogance of Labor and Greens in simply refusing to respond to uh, our letter, and in Western Australia, we represent about 20,000 voters. Uh, So you would think that they would have some interest in letting us know what their position is. But uh, Mr McGowan has refused to answer the question whether they would introduce Victorian-style change or suppression um, type legislation, the so-called anti-gay conversion laws, which are so draconian. I know James Parker is going to be talking about that later in the program. But uh, it's interesting, the Australian Christians, One Nation, Liberal Democrats, Shooters and Fishers have all said they would oppose that sort of introduction. The Liberals and National Party said they don't have any policy to introduce that, so they would give their people a free vote if Labor were to introduce that legislation. Uh, But Labor... uh, has given every indication that they are seriously considering introducing that and Greens certainly support that. So that's a real concern. The other big one is um, the, um, the, the whole issue of allowing parents to opt for watchful waiting uh, for their gender dysphoric children rather than pushing them into the um, hormone-type therapy. Again, Australian Christians, uh, One Nation... Uh, Liberal Democrats, Shooters and Fisher said they would certainly support the watchful waiting approach. Uh, Liberals and Nationals said, look, it's not on our policy horizon, but we would certainly give our people at least a free vote on that. So there's some interesting things there. The other one, the right for faith-based groups to employ only people of their faith. Um, All parties uh, support that, um, with the exception of Labor and Greens. And that should be of real concern to Christians uh, or any any faith-based group, actually, in uh, Western Australia, that if Labor and Greens control the upper house, then uh, Christian schools will almost certainly lose the right to exclusively employ people who live and um, buy their, the faith of that organisation. Uh, so that really is, is, is really tragic, I believe would be a tragedy for religious freedom. Um, Bill Muhlenberg, so there are a couple of things. Yeah. There's a number of very strong points you're making there. Let's pick up on something though here and uh, bring all Australians into this idea that, and it seems to have been something that's fairly common in elections of recent times, uh, where Christian organisations have written to the parties asking their responses and getting a blank no from Labor and the Greens. Uh, that sort of arrogance. Aussies don't 
particularly respond to that. Perhaps none of us uh, around, none of people around the world would uh, respond uh, to that sort of arrogance. Bill Muhlenberg, what are your thoughts here for the idea that people, when they know they're doing anti-Christian things, uh, just don't want to respond because they know that somehow or other they'll be digging a ditch for themselves because there's obvious things that are, are happening against uh, what is a large constituency. What are your thoughts for arrogance? Yeah, well, it certainly is arrogance, and the sad truth is it'll get much worse uh, the more power a single party has. Uh, well, the more they're going to try to get away with murder, and the more proud and cocky they will be. And, uh, well, we know that, as Scripture says, before, uh, you know, pride leads to a fall. Now, um, speaking carefully here, but our premier in Victoria had a fall. He fell down some steps. He's in hospital now, so we pray for his recovery. Uh, But one of the things I'm praying for, and maybe many other Christians, are praying the same thing. Yeah, that he becomes a whole lot less arrogant and cocky and proud, which he really has been. He just believes he can get away with anything he wants, and especially any anti-Christian agenda. He just he exalts in pushing these things. So let's all pray at least for him, Dan Andrews, as he's recovering in hospital, that, you know, well, I say improve or remove. I pray he's gloriously uh, saved, has an encounter with the living Christ, uh, you know, and really starts thinking about his life in a serious manner. And as a kind of closing reflection, I guess I always say two things with politics and elections. On the one hand, uh, you know, Christians have obligation to be salt and light. We should take politics seriously. Too many Christians aren't involved, aren't aware, but they should be. But on the other hand, of course, politics at the end of the day can't save. Uh, you know, no party or politician is going to bring the kingdom of heaven on earth. So we got to kind of get that biblical balance. So there's limits to politics, but Christians need nonetheless to take much more seriously their calling to be salt and light and to love their neighbors as themselves. Let's come to some of the issues, perhaps big picture, the actual election that's on tomorrow and there'll be a result tomorrow night. Uh, Peter Abetz, uh, let's talk about Zach Kirkup for a few moments here. Uh, About two weeks ago, he's basically conceded the election. Uh, considered an Armageddon scenario for the Liberals. Uh, In fact, there's even possibility the Nationals could become the new opposition in WA. Uh, What are your thoughts for just how you think things will pan out tomorrow, your predictions for how things will look at the end of the day? looks like there'll be blood on the floor. What are your thoughts? Look, I think if the polls are anything to go by... um, uh, it's going to be a real disaster for the Liberals. I think there's no question about that in the lower house. Um, I, my guess is that the uh, swing is not going to be a uniform swing across all seats. So um, I think there could still be a few little surprises, but I don't think it's going to be um, yeah, predicting there'll only be three Liberals in the lower house. Um, my hope is that there would be a few more just simply for the sake of getting a, a working opposition uh, for the parliament to be able to function corre- uh, properly. But I think you know, there's some excellent candidates in some of the you know, very marginal seats. Um, and who knows what uh, what the result may be in some of those uh, areas. But I think uh, the Liberals have misstepped in some ways, like, 
uh, Zach's uh, Kirkup's uh, policy announcement about becoming carbon, the government becoming carbon neutral and closing all the government-owned uh, coal-fired power stations, that did not go over well with the core Liberal constituency. And I think some who were perhaps flirting with the idea of voting Labor uh, just for once um, may that may have tipped them <laughs> in that direction uh, because McGowan said that's crazy, we can't do that. Um, so I think yeah, he's shot himself in the foot a bit there and the uh, the way they um, handled their costings announcements yesterday, that was uh, yeah, not well handled. So th- there's a few things where the Liberals really haven't done themselves any favours at all. Um, so I think, I think it could well be that we'll have to wait close to a week before we'll actually know the full result in the upper house because... Uh, West Australians tend to vote quite differently in the upper house to how they vote for the lower house. And in the upper house, you've got six states divided into six regions and each region elects six people. And so just how those six seats in each region will be won uh, will very much depend on flows of preferences. And that can take quite a while for counting to make that clear. Okay, let's so turn our. Have to be patient. Yes, we'll be patient uh, with that upper house result. Uh, let's come to uh, some of the resources that we can draw attention to today. A number of different resources coming from different foundations, and they're Christian foundations. Uh, but uh, Bill Muhlenberg, you've been a part of the Australian Christian Values Checklist, a single-page document with a table form uh, where you've got green ticks and red crosses and a few. Uh, question marks where there's an unknown position but right from the Australian Christians to One Nation, Shooters and Fishers, the Liberal Democrats, the Liberals, the Nationals, the Labor Party and the Greens, a one-page look at where those parties stand on crucial issues and uh, oftentimes those ones that have that ethical Christian flavour to them. Uh, What are your thoughts for people checking out these sorts of lists before they actually cast a ballot and before uh, they're uh, sending uh, whichever party uh, into the parliament. What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, we have to be, of course, informed voters. Uh, Just going in and closing your eyes and putting your finger down doesn't cut it for the Christian. We need to know where the parties stand. There's a lot of good uh, such checklists already, as you mentioned, ACL, Family Voice, do a great job, our Uh, Christian Values Checklist, we've done now, I don't know, 15 years, every state, federal election. And as you say, it's a, you know, quick look. If if you don't want to look at all the questions in detail, you can just tell by the colors, right? We kind of arrange them so the ones that would have the the most uh, pro-Christian, pro-family credentials are kind of on one side leading to the other. So, yeah, the Australian Christians get a complete 100% red uh, field of uh, checks, whereas you go to the other extreme, the Greens, uh, they're, uh, you know, I think they only have two out of the 20 questions that we would be happy with. So it gives you, at a glance, uh, a very quick view of, well, in this case, four major parties, four minor parties. And uh, sure, if you got time, look at those 20 questions carefully to see. We spend a lot of time trying to make that as accurate as we can. A lot of research, past voting records, what their party platforms now say, what their websites are telling us. So we try as hard as we can to give you a very accurate and informed uh 
but still quick at a glance kind of look at where the main parties are at and how that may help you as you go to the uh, polls on Saturday. Okay, and the website for the Christian Values checklist is christianvalues.org.au. Peter Abetz, you've done some significant research too. The Australian Christian Lobby has a dedicated website, the wavotes.org.au website, and on there you've got your own research, not only into the parties, but also even individual candidates. So what will people find if they go to that wavotes.org.au website uh, as the most important and valuable thing they'll find? Look, um, I think the questions... um or the answers rather that the parties gave to important questions. Uh, that's uh, if you, the, on the t- um, opening page of the website. Uh, the top of the list is party answers to important questions. I think that's probably the most significant uh, one. Uh, and then um, the letter that Mark McGowan refuses to answer, we put that full letter up on there. And candidates supporting Christian values, we've highlighted those that we know uh, uh, are strong on Christian values and uh, uh, think that's really important uh, that people support those kind of candidates. Um, and uh, then there's also a video about the voting system because what we found is so many people do not understand the voting system. And so I've done a little five-minute video explaining it and uh, that's had quite a lot of views and a lot of people, especially people who are voting for the first time, um, found, found that incredibly helpful. Uh, so I'd encourage anybody who's not familiar with the voting system to actually watch that little five-minute video so that they realise that they can vote for minor parties without so-called wasting their vote because that's actually a myth that's perpetuated by the major parties because we have a preferential voting system, not a first-past-the-post voting system. And so I uh, just want to encourage people to... Um, especially Christians to say, you know, if you vote, say, for Australian Christians and they don't get elected in the lower house, but it does send a clear message to the politicians that there is a significant Christian constituency out there. And in the upper house, if they, they vote um, uh, one, say, for uh, the minor party, if they like Australian Christians, then uh, if they don't get elected, their vote will actually flow in full value to the next one they've got on, on their uh, on their ballot paper. And uh, the voting system in WA, you can it's different to the Senate. A lot of people make a mistake. You can only number one uh, uh, party box above the line, or you have to number every box below the line. So it's really important that people get that right. Okay, important to visit those websites and get some insights, an overall view of where the parties stand, where the candidates stand, and as you say, Peter, also uh, learning the idiosyncrasies of the Western Australian voting system and how to make sure that your vote counts for the Western Australian state election, which is on tomorrow. Many people have already voted in pre-poll voting, but let me just point to wavotes.org.au and christianvalues.org.au. A special thanks for joining us today to Peter Abetz, the Western Australian State Director for the Australian Christian Lobby, and Christian cultural commentator Bill Muhlenberg, uh, whose website at billmuhlenberg.com. And, of course, you can simply Google Culture Watch One Word. To the two of you, thank you so much for joining us on this update today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. have been with you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.